might be uh, kind of an odd way of asking this question, but you know, we've been uh, Facebook friends for a while and I've seen a fair amount of PR, PR hits about you. And um, sometimes I can't read them because they're in Danish newspapers, but um, I've seen a couple uh, magazine covers, et cetera. And it seems like you've done a pretty good job of, of uh, kind of using maybe this conflict with the airlines as uh, kind of being the crusader for the people. And it seemed to be very PR worthy. So, I, you know, could you speak a little bit about how you've thought about PR and, and positioning uh, when it comes to the public in your company? Yeah, uh, because our case is also a little bit different than most other cases. Um, so PR has been one of the biggest acquisition ch channels for us uh, over time. Uh, and it has been that because uh, air passenger rides touches so many people, especially when it's travel season. Everyone travels, right? And everyone is, uh, has been on a flight. And if you look back in the last five years worth of flights, maybe you've also been uh, delayed uh, uh, or more than three hours. So, so it touches upon a lot of people or a lot of their friends and family who have heard these stories about people getting delayed and lost a vacation day and all that. So uh, when we talk to journalists and our network of travel journalists around the world, then uh, being able to provide them with data on the likelihood of delays and how many people are going to be uh, in, uh, affected, and also for the airports to know, for the airlines to know, like this information has is newsworthy and it's something that again and again is being uh, presented to you know, the potential traveler uh, every travel season. So uh, we have invested a lot in building up internal PR teams, also using PR agencies. Um, but that uh, has given us the ability to educate a lot more people uh, about air passenger rights. Because still today, that's the biggest uh, challenge for us, right? If you go to US, uh, less than 2% of US travelers know uh, their air, like the air passenger rights. Right, less than two percent. Basically, means that no one knows uh, if they're entitled or what they're entitled to. It's a little bit better in Europe because we have started in Europe and the market is becoming more mature. But still, here we're talking about uh, 15, 20 percent of people who are actually getting their compensation. So it's still very low, and PR uh, is a great channel through which you can educate people. Because if you're just spitting out, you know, AdWords, Facebook campaigns, display advertising. People's going to have a filter. However, if it's coming from a journalist who've done the investigations, checked the numbers, uh, and read the law as well, uh, then it's more trustworthy. And that's really the route we have to go. Because end of the day, like our goal is to inform as many passengers about their rights. They can apply themselves if they have the time, um, or they can give it to us if they want. But our kind of end goal is that everyone who travels will know their air passenger rights and also get the compensation. Uh, and that's actually why we also, AirHelp was started as an organization, not necessarily a business that would go in and, um, and for profit. But, um, but then we realized if we were to deal with all these thousands of claims, uh, we had to have some uh, revenue coming in as well. Um, so, um, yeah, PR has been important for us. So quick follow-up on that. It reminds me actually of an anecdote I heard from um, Paul Graham of Y Combinator. Um, about a uh, rap genius uh, coming to him, uh, which is a, a, a lyric annotation platform that also went through Y Combinator a few years ago, coming to him and saying something about uh, how their distribution was uh, SEO and uh, PR and saying only do, uh, he laughed at first and then they, they gave him some uh, stat that said, you know, 1% of 
uh, you know, of searches online were uh, for song lyrics, and that's how they could get away with it. I feel like PRs, you know, a little similar where. You know, if most people say as their business, their distribution strategy is PR, people are going to laugh in their face. You know, what about your, I guess what I'm getting at with the question here is, I'd be curious if you have any, any advice here for people, like when they can really rely on PR. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so that was the same thing Paul said to us and, and, and my company was like, no one can build a business on, 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 a, on a PR as the acquisition channel, right? Because at some point, it's just not going to be news anymore, right? But, I, but in our case, it's just so, it's, it's a cycle, it's travel season. Every year, it's relevant for more people and, and you know, they tend to forget too. So uh, it's just, it's, it's a special case. So I wouldn't generally recommend other companies to say, yeah, go for PR. Uh, because uh, it, it's it's only in our case that it has, it has worked out, and then it has also worked out because we had in-house PR, uh, and most other companies tend to use agencies, uh, and they kind of run out of their, you know, journalist contacts after six months, and then you have to switch agency again <laughs> and so forth. So you know, you never really get top quality uh, through through agencies. It's my opinion, but my different uh, others might have other uh, experiences. Um, but in our case, it made sense that we had to educate the whole world and therefore we had to build a knowledge center that would feed the news outlets with, with uh, stats and information as the only one because no one else has this, this data, right? And process so many claims and take legal action so many times. Um, so it worked for us. But, uh, and I can tell you that, uh, you know, as fun anecdote, when AirHub first launched uh, in, in Scandinavia, we uh, were actually trying to get a film crew from uh, like the Danish consumer rights TV program that was running every week um, to come and follow us to the airport and try to find a flight that was delayed and where we would then inform all the passengers uh, about the rights and, and, and help them get their compensation. Uh, and that happened in one of the first weeks we launched where there's like, now it's a flight, it's going to London. Okay, you know, let's go to the airport right now. Call the TV station. Call the TV station. Let's meet in the airport. Rush to the airport. But on the way, found out that we had forgot our passports. So we had to go back and find out, get our passports back <laughs> to the airport because we had to go to the other side of security. Right. So in order to get to the other side of security, to the gate where the passengers were waiting more than three hours, we then also had to buy cheap tickets for another airline so we could pass the security. And then, uh, of course, not take the flight, but just go to the gate. Um, uh, but then when we reached security and, and we had to go through a different security than the TV crew, which, which made it in time, thankfully. But then we had to go through security. Then I got, you know, into a big pool of uh, other people uh, and that was then taken aside for whatever questioning uh, unlockedly. But then my co-founder, Nico, actually, he made it through. And then I just said to him, run, right? No, don't save me. <laughs> run to the gate. And then uh, he ran to the gate, met the TV crew. Um, and then at the TV crew, uh, or then at, at, at that gate, uh, I wasn't following up, but figured out along the way that it was in a different terminal. And at that terminal, you had to show passport. And, and my ticket was not going to, the ticket for that fight was at a different terminal than, than the terminal I was at, so that also created a lot of confusion with the with the with the guys checking passport. But I sneaked my way in. We made it to the gate, got up on a ta- on a chair, and said, "Okay, everyone here is entitled to three hundred dollars in compensation." 
uh, SAS has not told you this, but this these these are the laws, right? And they are actually a, they have to tell it by law, but they didn't. Uh, and then everything was filmed, and the TV was like spotlight, and I was running around telling people. Uh, and SAS ground staff was just standing there, like calling the local airport police to come and, and get us out. And they eventually came, and then they basically took us and kicked us out of the airport because airports are private grounds. I found out, so you're not allowed to solicit. Um, so then we got reported to the police. That program launched uh, the day after, and it uh, we got three thousand customers from that TV program, and that was the uh, first real PR push we did uh, it didn't cost us more than the cheap tickets uh, that we never used uh, but it gave us 3,000 customers and that, that was the point where we knew okay we were onto something wow <laughs> that's a great story yeah, first <laughs> off, I think you know take a moment to appreciate that you know there's a danish consumer rights tv show i'm imagining some scandinavian utopian version of ashton kutcher's punked rights or something like that that definitely would not happen in america um but uh yet another uh thing to convince us the scandinavian model has some value